We were just listening to the lead-off track of the brand-new album, which actually dropped uh, this week um, from Unto Earth. The album is called The Dawning, and that was It's a Good Day to Die. With me now to talk about their brand-new album and what they have going on, along with a bit about the band's history and uh, just kind of the world of being a musician in Chicago, I have uh, Simeon, who's a bassist and vocalist, uh, Yosh and Jed, who are both guitar players for the band. Gentlemen, welcome. Talk about kind of the backstory of the band, how you guys came together, a little bit of history. Um, I've known of you guys through the, the weird circle of sort of the quasi-doom scene, I guess, here in Chicago. For yeah, you just years. see band names on various for, bills. And right, flyers and posters and crap. So You see like them to, enough. <laughs> yeah, give me give me kind of the, the condensed history of Unto the Earth. Oof. Uh, well, I, I if think there's a condensed one. Oh, yeah, there's there. there and there's certainly history as well. Um, you know, for, for one. Uh, so this is I mean, I I started uh, although I started studying music uh, far younger. Uh, I had picked up bass guitar uh, right around sixth, seventh grade. And uh, that's actually when I met Yosh. Uh, we went to middle school together. We had a couple mutual friends. Um, and that's when Yosh, you were starting to pick up electrical guitar. And so our, you know, history as musicians playing together goes all the way back to, I want to say, what is that? Like the mid early nineties. Yosh? We're, we're talking 92, <laughs> yeah. um, when we first started playing together in, uh, Sim's parents' basement, actually, um, we were just kind of, you know, as, as Sim alluded to, right? I was learning how to play guitar and he was learning how to play bass. And he was actually like way better at bass. Um, like, like just right off the bat, he kind of had this whole like. Uh, what's the qualification? He was way better at bass. He just wasn't that good at guitar or he uh, <laughs> yeah. gravitated yeah, towards yeah. the low notes or. I, mean, Yo- I, I started being, off on bass myself, so I'm yeah. Yosh Yo- Yo- is keeping Yosh is uh, Yosh is uh, being diplomatic, being very diplomatic. I, I I had a head start. I started playing violin when I was oh, four, like okay. through the Suzuki method and all that. And um, interestingly, it's more familiar, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I I developed my musical ear in a very sort of happenstance way. Uh, I didn't like practicing when I was little, but I'd have a one hour lesson every week where you're sitting there with a violin that has no frets on it or anything. You have to fake your way through a lesson. And so I kind of developed uh, a, a mimicry and being able to recognize stuff that way. And so, you know, stringed instruments after that, or, you know, you just kind of pick them up, although I still don't understand the banjo. Um, but I'll fast forward a little bit because uh, we've got Jed on here as well. And so, so essentially Yosh and I started playing together then. Um, we, you know, you go through your little middle school and high school projects. We're in and out of various bands. Um, Mostly I, not great. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just, you know, it's part of the whole process, right? Thing. You're just learning. Yeah. And, and, and actually, right? yeah. And, and, and so along the way, and, and then what happened was along the way, I joined a band uh, in which the drummer of that band uh, is Brant, our current drummer. Okay. Um, and so uh, we were all around the same age, went to the same high school on the Burbs. And, um, and then my family moved overseas. So I ended up, uh, I was still in high school. I ended up going to a boarding school in Greece, um, which 
as soon as I landed there, there was a band at that high school that needed a bass player. Their other bass player just moved away, which is what happens at international schools. Um, but that's where I, I think for me really took off being, being able to play in Europe. Um, yeah. we, we were playing clubs and bars and, and right. you know, the band I was in there was kind of, you know, half originals, half Sabbath covers or, uh, helmet covers of Sabbath songs, you know, that kind of thing when you're in high school, right. You just kind of right. do that. And, um, kind of just bounced around a little bit. I did. And then had some, uh, came back to the States for college, played in some bands there, but then, you know, we all kind of moved around Yosh and I, especially various points. And we just always said, Hey, this would be really cool if we'd, um, if we ever got, if we ever lived in the same place and started a project and, and sort of, uh, you know, so yeah, it, it took pretty- it took thirty years, but uh, <laughs> we we finally wound up um, gelling on this project that's now known as Unto the Earth. Um, yeah, it's what like three years now? Three years, yeah. Sort of okay. uh, forming the band and and writing the tunes, and you know, it's kind of funny because like the writing process for us um, and Jed's included in this too is you know we kind of um, from the very beginning like the songs came together by us getting together in a room um, plugging in amps turning up and then like one or all of us will start just riffing a little bit like you know like just playing this thing that I've had you know bouncing around in my head for a couple of years and Mm -hmm. you know Sim will pick up on it like oh wait a minute you know if we do it like this and then you know change this around um, it's actually pretty easy if you just you know do this (laughs) And, uh, you know, kind of the, the song comes together and then, you know, Jed is like, got this amazing ability to like sit back and like listen and like hear what's going on and just kind of inherently know like, oh, you know what this needs? This needs lift here. Um, and Jed comes in and, and, and does his thing. And it's like, you know, for a long time, it was just kind of me and Sim writing these riffs, which were you know, kind of helmety, a little bit of like, uh, we had some like hum uh, influence mm-hmm. going on there. Um, darker, nice. kind of dronier stuff. Um, and then, you know, Jed uh, came in and and sort of like lifted us to the next level uh, as far as like um, song sophistication, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, it's uh, kind of a funny story at the time. Uh, and- a few years back, I was a uh, guitar repair technician over at the uh, local guitar center. And uh, Simeon's uh, kids were taking lessons there at the time. But, you know, while he was uh, waiting on his kids uh, to do their lessons, I'd be sitting there working on guitars. And of course, after you're done fixing a guitar, you got to test it and play it. So I'd be sitting there just kind of riffing, playing random stuff usually like mastodon songs or just stuff <laughs> like that um you know but uh one day sim just kind of comes up he's like hey man so uh you know i've been i've been hearing you play guitar for a while now and uh, i was kind of wondering if you'd be interested in uh you know uh playing guitar for my band and i'm i'm like oh well, it's nice of you to ask I, I don't know if i'm really good enough to to you know <laughs> playing a band i didn't really think uh i was quite ready for that kind of thing yet but uh you know one thing led to another we got together and i remember we just kind of 
started jamming and it just it just clicked and uh we got everyone together and got in the room kind of like what uh, yosh was saying and that's just how the uh writing process has always gone for us and just how it works it just it just kind of clicks and um yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting you know and you know you gotta understand from my perspective right i'm i'm you know guitar center had a had a great plan right when they started doing lessons because I had my boys who were just starting out on guitar and drums at the time. And so I was there for an hour every Saturday. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you're just sitting there and you get this, you know, you get the, the family discount and all that stuff. So I'm just, you know, every, every week it was like, you know, going to a toy store, but for an adult. And the other thing is though, I'm just Some sitting sort of there. adult toy store. <laughs> not an adult. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, there, so. uh, uh, we're not doing phrasing anymore. I don't know. But, uh, I'm just sitting there and, and, and Jed's really underselling himself because I mean, he'd be, you know, he'd be repairing whatever people bring in. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, someone will bring in one of those, you know, Esteban acoustic guitars and be like, Hey, can you fix this? Something broke. And it's like, well, you might as well just buy a new acoustic or whatever. But, you know, even on something like that, when Jed would be done setting it up, you know, I could just hear him. It's just shredding. <laughs> I mean, just, just really advanced stuff but in a very nonchalant way and finally and as jed said when i approached him the funny the you know the, the funniest part of the whole thing was when i you know said hey would you be interested and he for whatever reason jed said i don't know if i'm good enough to play lead in a band i was like no no, no trust me for what we're doing here <laughs> you know we're doing you know stoner doom kind of heavy psych stuff um but the real uh, sort of, I wouldn't even say audition. It was just, we arranged for Jed to come over to my place one night and I was just going to show him, you know, some, some stuff we were working on. And uh, as Yosh was alluding to before, we're, we're, Jed has this uncanny ability to um, almost always on the first pass uh, really just grasp exactly what all these sort of harmonies or melody lines that we're not even playing that but that are in my head or in Yosh's head as we're all writing stuff I mean I went through the chord sequence for the coda of Awake the Elders which is sort of our um it's kind of a you know three movement piece it's a yeah it's quite an opus I like that one yeah Yeah. and 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 so the very end um you know just showing journey oh yeah yeah the, the the chords are going to be like this and it's quiet and then they kick in and it's the same chord progression but now it's loud and i was playing that and i mean i, I got through the chords one time the progression and jed starts playing this lead line which is the actual lead line he plays on the on the track and i i dropped you know i had to, i was trying to keep playing while surreptitiously texting yosh going i found the guy and he's and he's cool too right and so um <laughs> It, you know, it was, it was just really serendipitous. Uh, in, 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 in fact, you know, for, for people who like Yosh and I have had a lot of start stop type projects and ones that have flamed out spectacularly uh, and, and more than a few times over like personality conflicts and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my last band made me quit music for 20 years. Like yeah. that's how bad it was. <laughs> Right. I had to pull Yosh out of retirement. I was like, come on, man. We're both yeah, 40. Uh, right. We got jobs. We can, we can do this now. Why don't right. we just have a, have a real go, make a go for it. And the songs we're playing, I mean, we are very, this is the first band I've been in where the writing process is uh, so egalitarian and collaborative 
Um, you know, I yeah, use, nobody, use... nobody's really, uh, treats their, their contributions as, as dear in, in any way, you know what I yeah. mean? It's just like, well, this is my piece and, you know, help me, help me turn it into something more. Yeah. I think and, the only, uh, the only song that was, uh, pre-written, so to speak, just because I had to demo something so I could convince these guys that like, yeah. Hey, you know, if you like this, you know, we could do this. Right. Yeah. And was demons of demolition which i think is the uh third track on on the album and it was actually one that we'd released a sort of uh high quality demo version uh like two years ago with our old drummer um and back in the back in the early days when we were trying to get shows together shows and stuff but Um, even that you know i i I went back just out of you know I, i i was actually showing my my boys how songs change over time and how you know sometimes it takes a while to write songs but you know for this and that and i was listening to the demo version i mean just the stuff that the guys have done to that song i think a um, really good example of that would be like uh it is a good day to die yeah where we sort of had that song worked out for a while but it just it never really clicked it just you know we'd get parts and just like yeah okay that's cool and then just kind of never be able to figure you know, figure our way out of that, that Gordian knot. And yeah, you're like uh, writing yourself into a, into a corner sometimes going, well, all right, I guess we'll and, just end this on a hard stop. And that's right. right. You know? And, and so that song really came together when, when Brant, uh, Brant Mays, our, our, our current drummer joined the band. Um, and it was like a really powerful example of how, like when the, sort of uh, when you're when your rhythmic engine sort of innately gets what you're going for um it can really like lift the song into an entirely new and different direction and kind of coalesce everything and so you know i i often heard in like uh interviews with um like billy corgan of the smashing pumpkins that like you know his relationship with jimmy chamberlain on drums you know jimmy is able to sort of know how to elevate a song and kind of knows where it's going and takes it there before even Billy knows. Um, I kind of feel like that's our relationship with Brant. Um, He's been super, super uh, crucial um, in getting our sound to crystallize and just become what it is. Um, And uh, yeah, that guy is a total pro. I mean, you know, we, he joined the band officially and then about two months later we rolled into the studio and he was able to basically like one or two take like, was, all right yep that's nice. done that's oh, cool. done um so oh, yeah. yeah yeah it was it yeah. was really interesting how that worked um, yeah no brant certainly uh it was sort of completed the sound i mean we we were fine before and 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 no sort of shade or anything to prior drummers yeah 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 we went through a few but you know it's like it's the difference between you know like hitting singles and doubles and then someone who's just gonna just mash home runs every time and that's what it felt like once and it works it works in the context of the team right yeah i I think fully on with you guys yeah and and you know brent and i had played together before and i i remember when i first joined the band i was in with him in high school thinking at that time thinking man this guy is really good at drums and he's only gotten better um and so kind of had to 
it, it was really funny. Uh, you know, I had to almost fool him into joining. We had a we had a show at Metal Monkey uh, with Black Road almost a year ago. It was like a Halloween show, and we needed someone to fill in on drums. And so I'd been bugging him, uh, and and finally said, "Hey, did you know? Do you want to just sit in for this gig?" And said, yeah, and I sent him the songs, and uh, and, and and really promisingly. <laughs> within two or three days i remember him calling me and asking me questions about the songs well how do you want it to go this way what are you what are you guys thinking and, and he, it was clear he was really just a pro and studying his parts and thinking about where they would go and then we got into the practice room and as yosh said i mean we were just jamming on the stuff we had to do but all this other just just you know these vibing on riffs basically and just variations on a theme um and just having a a blast in there and and he goes you know he couldn't have been more complimentary to us which we thought was crazy because we were just uh, astounded at his talent level and then he dropped that this was the first time in i think 10 years he said that he hasn't he wasn't playing with a click track um in his previous bands they were sort of uh, i guess maybe busier the sound or whatever it was just a different you know approach and they, they had they had samples they had they had yeah. changes and and so, so you, yeah playing through a click makes sense yeah and right. you know with us our sound is very Organic. you know i mean the, yeah. the shorthand is you know doom stoner doom or whatever but it's very 70s fuzz inspired as well and and, and also just this kind of uh droney vibey you know there's, there's a little bit of everything in there you know yeah. I, I think um we're 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 pulling a lot from like early 90s shoegaze as well as like you know there's there's like a hint of 80s new wave in there every once in a while and and um you know Anything in addition you... to like the big big riffy riffs and stuff yeah but 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 he you know he he, he goes <laughs> He goes, this is this is really fun. You know, I remember he was saying that, and I said, "Hey, Brett, you know, if, if you're having a lot of fun, you could do this all the time with us. We would be, you know." And so we sort of just, you know, and we just roped him in that way. You um, seduced him, Sam, right? Yeah, that's hey, right, you, right. you can come here and have fun anytime you want. Like <laughs> yeah, that scene in UHF. We're always like, doing this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we got a spot right here for you. Yeah, yeah. And your big so drums. He, he, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's funny because you think about all the journeys that a band goes with membership shifts and things like that. Absolutely. And, and you, and you think, oh man, what if we had, you know, this member, this current lineup, you know, three years ago. And, and, and the simple right. fact is you wouldn't have had the people at that stage in time when they were, you know, a had availability, but B were, you know, musically on the same page and all those things. So just yeah. right now, knock on wood, we're really, just yeah. amped and psyched about our we're really proud of this this album that's coming out and we're just you know every show we play we just we just uh we were the local openers at, in the big room at reggie's for mars red sky um who were on tour from from france and yep. previous prior to that we were in the in the joint also at reggie's and i mean we've been it's funny because we were playing you know 45 55 minute sets at some smaller places and then you know, you start jumping into the bigger venues and it's like, no, you Cuts have a down. half hour. You, you have a half hour and you better be so you guys got stage. You got two shots, two songs, right? Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, actually. And <laughs> Which the two? Thing is, the thing is, we've been, you know, yeah. it's been fun because it it sort of forces you to like think a little harder about the set. Yeah. You know, like, All right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, who else is on here? One, the, the one in the joint was 
a bunch of like straight up death metal bands and you know when when yeah play your heavier eight, stuff then right yeah. all right yeah a little bit more up tempo a little heavier stuff in mars that's guy maybe a little drunkier or, or whatever but we've been you can cater yeah, it yeah every you know we've been coming off stage and like you forget sometimes because of all the things that are involved in in just coordinating schedules and rehearsing and then performing in front of people you forget that this is supposed to be fun and yeah. i don't know we're having a blast right now <laughs> like our last couple of shows we've just been yeah. you know what it feels like when you get off stage and you're like man i, th- I think we did pretty good and then like people oh, yeah. you don't even know tell you you did go oh, that's, like, the, okay. that's not just best. my girlfriend right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's what i tell the guys in my group um my main group of um yeah I like walking into a bar or a venue and I don't know anybody there. And when we're done, people want to come talk to us. And, and when you look out and you don't see, you maybe see like one or two people or you're just sure you just don't know anybody, but you yeah. know, that, that to me is like the ultimate validation. Um, yeah. Just to, you know, because those are new fans. Yeah. When you, when you, when your you turn fans. the, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you notice that you're, you know, like Planet uh, Planet Livewire or something, and you, and you notice that you're turning heads at the bar. Yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, all right, we're we're doing this. It's all very surreal to me, especially yeah. Sort of when you look out from the stage, and you know, you're sort of three quarters of the way through your set, and usually, I mean, everyone takes a little time to get going, but our our set kind of kicks in by the you know. Five minutes in, and we're all kind of like, okay, you guys are warmed up, right? You shake right. off the nerves, which away. is you know only halfway through our song. So <laughs> yeah. you guys didn't even hit the first chorus yet, right? Yeah, and 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 uh, well, we've been opening with "Awake the Elders" lately, just because we're that's like, such hey, a good on. song, and I appreciate it. But it's yeah. it's nine minutes, right? And so that's it, fine. And, and the funny thing is, it feels like three songs, right? It's in movements yeah. almost, right? And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. to many, but right. it's it's surreal to me to look up and, 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 and I know that, you know, we, we write music that we'd want to listen to if we weren't writing it. Right. So we like our songs, obviously, and all that, but it's very surreal to me to look out and see, uh, especially now and, and, you know, with, with social media people that are, you know, that there are videos of you performing with your band that are going on on someone's, uh, you know, live feed on Instagram, someone's Snapchat. And it's like, I'm never going to see that. I don't know other people are, that I don't know are filming that and sending it out to their, you know, network of people that I don't know. And and it's very uh, weird to me to think about that where it goes. So I, I guess people are, in, you know, either we're doing something completely obnoxious and they're probably, you know, they've got some hating hashtag us, or they like it. And it's in, enough to go like hey i'm at this thing and this is what's happening it's 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 just fun
does the singing in the band? Who's like the main lead vocalist? Do you guys take turns or is it mostly Sim is uh Sim okay. is the, the the main vocalist. Okay. Um on occasion I'll I'll hit the microphone to do some harmonies and backups. Yeah. But uh I'm not exactly a trained singer, so it's one of those things where I'm like I don't really know if I'm doing this right. So I don't know if I'm going to totally take a performance that was good and mess it up or if I'm going to elevate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things I probably need to study and practice a little bit, but Sim is, is the, uh, the, the full-time main, main singer. Cool. So that's one thing. Um, what I was able to listen to from the preview link earlier and then mm. folks can hear for themselves too, as we mix some of these tracks in, um, as we spin them up. I really enjoyed the vocals. Um, Unto the Elders itself really reminds me of kind of uh, some of my favorite Catatonia albums. Like it has oh, that yeah. European Doom vibe, which I'm, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I love that. Like it's I mean, so good. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm first generation. I, I really did cut my chops sort of in the stoner doom scene in Greece, you know, like right. 20 years ago. So the, the right. European doom vibe was, it's, it's very apt, I think, in right. terms of, you know, that the, the influence is there. And I, uh, I, I appreciate it because I've been very self-conscious about my vocals uh, because I only started singing vocals in bands because, you know, my college band was right. a three piece sort of tech rock ish. I mean, this is, this is in the late nineties, early two thousands. So you imagine that's when like at the drive-in or, you know, sure. botch and Dillinger, those kind of bands were all yeah. very creative, sort of like people were all over the place. And, you know, we were this three piece doing, you know, trying to do some of that. And, uh, and, and I only ended up singing because the other two guys were like, no, yeah. Way. <laughs> so, all right. I yeah. No. Uh, to do this. The, the vocal. Yeah. The uh, vocals. The vocals on, on the tracks really stand out. On this, like I said, uh, "Awaken the Elders" is definitely my favorite. Well, I think. That. I think we we'd yeah. have to also give a lot of credit to Spencer Morris then because Spencer, oh, my man. Yeah, like he he just <laughs> he got it. I mean, he always we, gets we, it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. tracked we tracked at Palisades with him, and yeah. he was such a smooth. You know, Spencer. He's. He's yep. the nicest person, but he yep. also like his attention to he, detail. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he, like a thousand percent there. He yes. got yes. our sound very yeah. quickly and yeah. understood exactly what we were going for. Yes. And sort of geared everything. I mean, I mean, like, you know, we'd be listening to the roughs and just being like, this is, this is, yeah. or, is that really us? Like, what so, is it? Yeah. I, I just want to sidebar. So this is the second time Spencer has come up <laughs> um, with guests over the last few months he did work with um smell immigrants uh, uh-huh. uh, on their release yeah um spencer's he's actually going to be the guy who's going to mix and kind of help produce our album our first oh, that's album. amazing um every time spencer does our live show like we use inner monitors and like i don't mm-hmm. need, i don't need him or he does something where it's like he knows that we're using him um and I use them because I actually have pretty bad tinnitus, so I have to use them in a lot of in a lot of context, depending on what, what mm. venue it is. But especially if we're playing Cobra and like he's doing the sound, like I oh have yeah, nothing to worry about. And we all, all three of us can hear everything crystal clear. And, and, and what you just said, he gets what you're doing, and 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 it's the attention, the detail of like you know how how the response is coming off of your cabinet with the speaker. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll move the mic to get the right frequency response for that yeah yeah he put my bass yeah he put my bass through a a mad amp one of the big green nice 
Yeah. Through the Ampeg, you know, eight by 10. So that was the other, that was going to be the next thing I wanted to talk about were the tones. Yeah. Cause yeah, the tones are crisp and and you guys are fuzzy. I mean, you got the Mm -hmm. doom fuzz thing going on and that's, that's stock and trade. Yeah. You expect that, you know, especially if you're doing more of the stoner doom stuff, you're like, okay, I want to hear, I'm waiting for the fuzz to come in. But the way, the way you guys got the the production values on the fuzz, and this is, we're really getting in the weeds. I'm a guitar player and a bassist myself. So, (laughs) um, we love this people speaking my language, right? The people who listen to this stuff, a are either music, other musicians and other bands that we know, or they're, they just put up with us because this is who I am. Um, (laughs) but the way, uh, it just sounds very crisp. It doesn't sound like a bucket of mud in a box, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my guess is, yeah, I mean, you just said mad amp through your, your, your fridge cab, right. Or whatever cabinet for your, your. Amp yeah. Amp. And mixed and mixed like two separate, I think direct. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you got like a full spectrum of sound to work yeah. with your bass frequencies. Then. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll let Yosh and Jed talk about yeah. what they did on guitars, but you know, it's, yeah. and I'm glad to hear you, you say that because it was we a very deliberate really care about that yeah. yeah yeah it was very oh very deliberate and, and like we spencer makes we you care about that too but yeah anyways yeah, yeah. you know you, right. you you um you know we we knew that when we wanted to go in and do this for real and get a right. recording down that we wanted it to sound you know not too slick and polished but also right. not not i think a lot of people are afraid of those sort of like concepts oh, it's really slick but like not run away from that either and go the other direction of like shit uh, in the box right yeah. yeah and and because i you know again I, I i do think something that sets us apart a little bit is we do have a little bit more of a dynamic range for our sort of umbrella genre of like doomstone like we've got quiet parts we've got clean parts we've got the stuff that right um you know th- there there's some of that and and it only works when you have this sort of just wall of, you know, yeah, just well done, yeah, uh, crisp guitar, you know, right. Uh, there was there was a thing that we were going for, you know, guitar tone wise on the album, um, and you know, I mean, I, I think it's it's probably safe to just say right off the bat, you know, there was this sound that hum had in the yeah. in the um mid 90s oh the yeah 90s, yep, yep like yep, on uh, yeah. downward is heavenward yep um where it's like a huge wall of guitars but it's not muddy no um yeah. and right. and so you know we were talking to spencer about that when we went into the studio like this is what we want to do yeah. this is kind of what we're going after yep and so yeah what we wound up doing was was tracking um you know, primary main guitars, almost like scratch tracks, but we did wind up keeping them um, through our uh, our main amp rigs. Um, and so, you know, for me, that's a, a quilter solid state, uh, like 200 watt head. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I just use the studio's uh, Marshall 4x12 cab. Um, and then I run my standard distortion pedals, which are like a, um, uh, it's a Daredevil Effects um, IC77, which is nice. like a, like an op amp, uh, big muff clone, yep. Um, which just gives that real big wooly thing, you know, that 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 mm-hmm. punchy kind of hum sound. Yeah. Uh, but then we wound up uh, double, triple, quadruple, and quintuple tracking. Yep. Um, the rhythms, both Jed and I. So a lot of the songs, 
um, like like uh, Awake the Elders, for instance, towards the end, uh, the the end part there. Um, I want to say that's like 16 to 18 tracks of guitar um, plus a single track of like, uh, I had this old SG that I, that I tuned like Nashville style. So it's like a, a whole octave up uh-huh. um, just to give a little extra chime and, and, and cut. Um, and Spencer was able to mix right. all of that yeah. into a cohesive sound and um yeah, no, I'm I'm super super pleased with with how it came out, and uh, yeah, yeah, definitely big big props to uh, to Spencer for again just totally getting us. Yeah, I, um, I think it's important also to note how you know between Yosha's rig and Jed's setup too, which maybe Jed you can talk about a little bit as well. Uh, there's a it, it's it's um you know, the, the, the contrast between the two when, when mixed together, actually just put together a, a, a nice sound. It's, it's always, um, I think sometimes you get muddiness because, you know, all the guitar players and the bass player who's like running some overdrive through a big muff, everyone's occupying the same sonic space. And we, we try and spread just, ourselves out. Uh, we, we consciously recognize that like we can't all occupy that same right sort of, sonic space and so right. one of the great things about playing with jed is that like again his he's a monster guitar player right mm-hmm. like he can shred like nobody else but the, he listens and he hears what's going on and so like our guitar parts uh interlock you know when i'm low jed's high when i'm high jed's low yeah um and we are able to not step on each other um, and it's because Jed's like seriously actively listening. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I remember when we were recording for the dawning, one of the kind of, I guess, things we, that I likened it to, which was like, I thought it was a good, uh, analogy. It's like, I I've always kind of looked at your tone. Yosh is, is more of like a, like a muscle car. Whereas I'm like doing like a race car and it's just kind of like, you know, they, they balance each other out so well. I mean, you need both of them in certain situations, but it, 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 it all just works together and flows so well. I mean, it, it's killer. Yeah. You know? That's cool. It's good to have that when you have a dual guitar set up. Oh um, yeah. When you, when you have two guitarists in a room, it's, yeah. it's often like having two cats in a room. Like you never <laughs> You ever yeah. know if it's gonna go well or if there's just gonna be a huge <laughs> fight? Right. Yeah. 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 That's my like, lead. Right. That was yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like I, that was yeah. that was kind of the thing, right? Like I've been in multi guitar bands before, and it's never worked. Like I. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I hate to sound like an egotistical jerk, but I feel like a lot of times, like ah, no, guitar, me, me, guitar. Right. Um. So when Jed came in, I was like initially like I don't know. And then like we got together, we started playing and like immediately it's like, oh man, this dude, like not only can he right. play, but he's also just cool, like personality wise. And and so that then that's really important too, because guitar players have massive egos. Yeah, I mean personality. Yeah. <laughs> Sim, Sim goes, yeah. We all gotta the get first, along. Yeah, the first three minutes of our of our first sort of everyone in the same room get together jam. It was yeah. I, I swear we needed like David Attenborough narrating it or something because I was so nervous about, you know, you, especially when you have two guitarists, you go, all right, like, yeah, are they going to, what do they do? Are they going to overlap and then start competing? What, what's going on? And they, I mean, it was almost instantaneous or Yosh and Jed sort of 
felt out the we were just jamming on sort of like this you know doomy that riff that we came up and and, and and they almost immediately just kind of said okay i'll slot here and you slot there and we'll you know we'll do and, and, and they found their spots i'm sorry my dogs are barking in the background but um but it was it was a really cool moment because i that's when i i, I already knew that like hey this this might actually work because like they just slotted it in and then started doing these harmonies together and playing off of each other on the riffs. So it was, it was, it was insane to me how fast that happened. And here we are three years later. So it's, uh, it's all about uh, that sort of Almond brothers dynamic, right? Where like <laughs> everybody, everybody had their, their space to operate and, and do their thing. And, you know, I think ironically and unironically, uh, you know, Jessica is one of those, songs that me and jed will will play you know to harmonize off of each other and to kind of get synced up and also uh drive drives him slightly slightly insane um which I'm, is, which I'm is like that i'm losing it right now <laughs> which is which is always hilarious um because you're not talking about iron maiden man no it's it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's you know i i think it, we, we when we were playing that show at the music joint at Reggie's uh, with all the the death metal bands on the bill, and we finished some song and you guys went and you just played the little theme from Jessica at the end, like during a little noise ending, right? As as Brant's you know going on the cymbals and I'm you know you guys like played it and, and it, was, it was incredible because like four different people from four parts of the room were all like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> <Just> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was great. We know we know what the people like, Sim. Yeah. Yeah. Dad rock. People like dad rock. She is dead. 
rehearsal <laughs> smell rehearsal spaces have a particular smell it's not like a locker room it's not like um you know when you're sitting in the basement and you just like marlied it out it's it, <laughs> but it has elements of both and it has elements yeah. of stale beer and it but it's a very and it has it smells like a music store too because there's music yeah it's there. it's all yeah. the kind of the, it's it's that smell of I guess the metal right like all those like string things and just metal right. and and wood and rock yeah. and roll and ass and, <laughs> right pretty yeah. much that's pretty much it and and yeah. 10 15 years ago you would have to put in like Marlboro Reds and <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's and, that's I'm I'm right. holding that down so I'm right. the one that smells like an ashtray right yeah and then like the the lead vocalists usually smoke the Marlboro Lights but. Yeah, but it was nice when that to, for me because I, I haven't had a cigarette in almost 10 years, but like that Congrats. went away. Thank you. Congrats. That went away. But then it's like, oh, yeah, well, all this other shit. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, absolutely. yeah. So that's that's rehearsal space. Like, I've actually been bringing my son to our space. He's been helping me load out for a few of our shows. Cool. And he's just like, you know, we, we have this thing where we identify like the cardinal sense of Chicago. And we, we've narrowed it down to there's fried meat, usually chicken. There's <laughs> there's sewer, like when after it rains, yeah. you know, there's old building. And that's just that's a unique Chicago that like, old musty smell. Yeah, Something I mean, like, I'm sure New York probably has a signature old building smell, too, but it's probably older than Chicago. So it's most different. Um, it's like and mold that, and cooking gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's hot dumpster, like, yeah. you know, like walking in by an alley. You know what that is. And then the other one's weed like there's because there's usually somebody walking down the street or in an alleyway who's lighting up somewhere, you know, and those are like our, our cardinal, the cardinal sense. And then like he added like, but rehearsal spaces have like their own scent. Like he's just like, he's like, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but it's like, and he's like, okay, it's like not, not quite the locker room. It's not quite like you smoking weed at home. It's not quite whatever, but it's like all these things together. Like, yeah, yeah it, it is. It's, 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 it's a- mashup of all that stuff right and it's not like the venue smell venues have their own smells too anyway this is a weird <laughs> a weird conversation about uh sensory perception um, we, right. we are we are an, an epicurean band we, we, I, we, we, yeah. we operate off of our senses we have right. right you know the visual aspect of the projections behind us and right. the Who sound farted? obviously and, right. and uh yes yeah, the, yeah we smells it's usually it's, yeah smells, yeah smells of doom right yeah. that's right that's right that's right that's right but we're also uh, we're also foodies too so oh yeah um, oh yeah uh, Jed is a, a bit of a uh, a chef. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, well, yeah, no. known yeah. known to cook a mean bowl of ramen from scratch. Yeah. And uh, hey, you know that's like a good that's a good thing if you guys tour though. Oh, oh yeah. we are we are so looking forward to the day that we have a tour <laughs> right. van right. that will also probably turn into a food truck because I'm not I'm not unconvinced that that we couldn't make a decent go at it as a as a food truck as well. So right, yeah, day by day. That's think- a yeah. I think it's interesting though that you that you mentioned that about Jed Yush because Jed I, I I've I've told Jed this before and I'm gonna probably embarrass him now but Jed is sort of a a um you know he's he he's also a luthier all the guitars he plays are ones that he's made from scratch and oh wow it's yeah. uh, they're really rad and my favorite thing is to have people come up to Jed afterwards and like, yo, where can I get one of those? And then like they, they, their minds blown that he, he also made it. So um, but can I, can I ask he, some questions about that? Yeah. Yeah. By all means. It also gives Jed, get Jed some light here too. He's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So 
why, why did you become a luthier? Well, um, you know, it just was. Oh, hold uh, on, very... I want to back that up too because there's people who always when I use that word like, "What's a luthier? Is it like a religious?" <laughs> yeah, and so... and no, so a luthier is a person that just doesn't repair guitars, but a luthier is somebody who actually, um, is uh, trained in the craft of building and designing, designing and building guitars, right? Well, you know, I would say that uh, a luthier. You don't necessarily have to uh, build guitars to be a luthier. I mean, it, I've okay. always just looked at it as somebody who uh, works on stringed instruments in okay. a professional fashion, you know? Right. That kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. But, okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But you, you build all your own guitars, though. I do. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Um. And it's, uh, it was just kind of a very organic thing for me, really. Um, I think it started off as just me doodling guitars and like, you know, when I was a kid in school when I was probably supposed to be doing math or whatever. Um, but I'd sit there and I doodle guitars. Well, suddenly I got into high school and, you know, I was like, well, how do I take what I've got on this piece of paper and turn it into uh, an actual thing. Um, and so I took shop classes and just started, uh, kind of basically trial and error teaching myself how to, uh, build guitars. I mean, I, I had a lot of help. Uh, I had a great shop teacher. Um, and, uh, you know, there was another kid at the school who had built guitars, um, in the past. So he kind of showed me some stuff there, but, um, you know, it just, I, kind of kept at it and uh, eventually uh, I was able to get a job at Guitar Center as a guitar tech and also around that time I uh, did a little bit of an internship apprenticeship kind of deal with the Chicago School of Guitar Making um, so that was really cool um, kept doing that I was uh, I worked at Chicago Fretworks for a year too that was really awesome those guys rock and I highly recommend them if you need any work done. Um, but ultimately, I think for me, the reason why I do build my own guitars is I, I just, it, it gives me a more personal connection to the instrument. You know, I really, you know, it just helps to facilitate the music and creativity and inspiration uh, to play um, in a way that I've never really been able to do with a guitar that I could buy. Some stock, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, of course you can customize a guitar any which way and there's all that, but I think really that's the, that's the ultimate thing. And I've always been very hands-on and uh, I've always enjoyed working in my hands and creating really in every sense of the word. And I think that gives it, it just gives me a, an outlet to do that, that works synergistically with uh, all sorts of aspects of my life. So it's, it's just cool. I, I enjoy That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's cool. You got to study with Ian. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I um, not I'm for always, very long. Yeah. I'm always just enamored with his work, like with, uh, the yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, and he's, 
he's done some work for me. Um, every time I go in, it's like um, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, no, he's got quite a shop out there. Right? Yeah, oh man, he does. That's and, crazy. And I, I, you know, there's just like if you know, money was no object, I'd be like, hey man, make me a new. <laughs> yeah, you know, we oh. can't all be uh, right. Corn speakers right. and stuff. right. Yeah, it can't be Billy. Yeah, Gordon, I, right? I wish. Yeah, or the dude from cool. with the. He made that uh, pick guard with the beetle. Yeah, wing, wings on it. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of crazy, just stuff. bizarre. Like, I mean, it's just pure yeah. art, you know. But that that that's cool. So, um, like anyone who's listening uh, or, or follows us on Instagram, uh, Jed is Arbiter Instruments on Instagram. So when we're tagging yeah. our band members, that's that's Jed. But I encourage people to go check out his stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. And uh, one one of the yeah. things I was going to say is that you know, like Jed, Jed's like a true craftsman where he did the care he takes in everything he does. It's sort of you know whether it's a kick-ass bowl of ramen or an amazing guitar i mean he take he brings that to the to the songs and to you know that contributes a lot and is writing that way Aww. and then sort of selfishly for me uh it's 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 great having someone who knows how to fix things <laughs> uh because i'm a little less careful with my things uh you know so so you know jed's got us covered on all the instruments and then yosh actually worked at victoria amps for a while building amps so we, we've got a, there's a lot of uh, our band group chat, you know, I'll check into it. Sometimes it'll be like 200 messages and, uh, <laughs> and it's just these two guys just going back and forth about stuff that just goes way over my head, but it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's really cool. That is, that is cool. Tube amp circuits, how to make ramen noodles, how to make ramen <laughs> yeah. stock. Um, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, frets, that's another, that's another, that's another episode. What's well, starting yeah. to sprout? Uh, you know, like my frets are starting to sprout on my guitar. How do I oh, take care yeah. of it? You oh, know, right. and right, yeah. it's uh, all, all sorts of that. it's it's pretty cool having the 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 skill set there. And then yeah, you know, obviously, Jed's uh, guitars are like their works of art. You know, and it's really neat to uh, have somebody that can like Pick see something in their head <laughs> and make it make it happen. Yeah, so, damn, that's really cool. <laughs> are you are you guys looking at getting on? The, I guess with that, then I'm kind of leading the question. Are you guys looking at getting on the road um, after the release to support this? Is it more of like you can play whenever you can kind of thing? Or what's I, I think what's yeah, what's I, next for Into the Earth? I think one of the, you know, we we've we've been sort of doing a soft reach. What I think what we're really looking, you know, sort of immediate, but I, I use that term not meaning like, oh, it's going to happen right away, but just sort of the, the higher priority goals is right. you know, we'd love to just sign on with a label that'll distribute stuff for yeah. us and and then also get us onto some it, bills and, and yeah, get yeah. us on those kind of like, you know, those stone and doom fest or desert yeah. fest type things, those Absolutely. kind of festivals. Um, as far as sort of picking up a phone and calling a bunch of places and playing empty rooms on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, you know, between here and Boston. I'm not sure that we're super right. interested in that type of touring, but certainly right. it's kind of like those three, four day, you know, since where we've started, you know, we've been branching out a little bit and we've been making friends with bands in other, uh, other locales where, you know, talking about you know doing like sort of like going out to indy or something or going up to right. cleveland or milwaukee, milwaukee madison yeah. that kind of you know those those kind of stops where it's like you know two three 
two, three in a row. It's, it's a little tough because we're all working and we have, you know, yeah. jobs that keep us very busy. And, oh, absolutely. You know, but, but certainly I, I think, you know, having done the, you know, in prior iterations of like, you know, you're in like some three piece punk band and you're like, we're going on tour. Right. But it's like, <laughs> really you're playing empty rooms for two weeks and then you come back and you're just like, I don't even know that we sold anything or whatever. It's like that cost a lot of money. Yeah. The idea of touring just to say we did it is not, you know, I, I think we're, yeah. we're more interested in trying to find placement or like getting into, you know, getting right. on some, uh, labels roster that will help us, you know, just jump on, Right. Those kind of bigger festival type bills or, 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 you know, be in the running for, you know, the bigger opening at the bigger venues in Chicago when like some of our favorite, you know, groups come like, through. And like then Boris, Boris just played like Metro yeah, like that kind a of couple stuff, weeks right? ago. And it's like, man, that would have been really cool to be a local opener. Yeah. <laughs> right. Boris. Um, although I tend to turn into sort of the Chris Farley show whenever we're opening for bands that I really like. <laughs> like it was it was a trip it was a trip opening for for mars red sky yeah. and green beard for sure oh yeah um, and, it and felt, got, i felt like we were children <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean it was just like it was, it was rag because we got to do that with our friends and coyote man too and so it was like that yeah, was it was, awesome. it was a, the whole bill everyone there was good vibes among all the bands and, and and the crowd was pretty it was a big crowd and it was a really you know enthusiastic crowd and 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 so that kind of stuff we like but Certainly, our media, I think our, our, our media primary, future. Yeah, yeah I think. we're we're looking at at focusing on this. You know, the release of the dawning. You know, this is totally yep. right now a DIY project, um, and you yep. know we're looking to uh, release that album. Uh, are we allowed to uh, disclose this, Tim? This yeah, is what we're take. leading up to. So, yeah, yeah. if you guys are yeah, clear absolutely. to uh, release dates, let's talk about. Uh, so. Um, yeah, we're we're looking to uh, drop the album officially uh, October third. Yep, should be uh, so this, everywhere on this Monday. Coming Monday. Um, and then you which I just realized the, the podcast may not go live uh, right now. In fact, it won't go live right now. No. So uh, this this Monday means nothing. October third um, <laughs> is when uh, we're going to be releasing the album to uh, all uh, of our uh, streaming platforms that we have out there. Yeah. Um, so Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon, YouTube Music, uh, all all the all the fun ones. Yeah, um, and then, and then uh, you know we're looking to uh, rock uh, Metal Monkey on uh, Saturday, October the eighth. Yeah. Um, in uh, celebration of said release, and uh, then um, you know we're, we're working on uh, a lot of new material for uh, for yeah. you know another album. Um, you know, so we're looking to do another another complete album in in uh, early twenty three nice um yeah. so yeah yeah hopefully uh, we'll be uh, working with spencer again yeah yeah and then we, we also sort of in the lead up to sort of our release week right so october 3rd the album is going to drop october 5th that's uh they do those first metal the first wednesday of the month the metal wednesdays the chicago music factory people do that at Cobra. yeah so rodney's yeah. got us guest djing and doing like a listening party yeah that's great um, those and, are fun and, and yeah and yeah. then uh and then that all leads up to our show at Metal Monkey, which is kind of a homecoming of sorts, just because those guys have been so nice and so accommodating and also just so supportive. Um, Absolutely. And uh, really excited to do that with uh, our, our good friend, Ricky uh, Antonis and his, his band. And then uh, another band that's that's relatively new, but I just think they're amazing. These guys, Dead Sacraments. Um, okay, cool. So, 
that's going to be just like a fun night at the brewery there. And, uh, yep. but yeah, like that's, you know, we've got a big week ahead and then uh, you got a show. Yeah, you, yeah. I was going to say, so there's a show coming up towards the end of October, not to take away any thunder. That's right. Please. Uh, you're going to be opening for my good friends on legacy black with Harris. Yep. Um, I, and that's actually a show I will be at for sure. Oh, that's great. Oh, great. We're, in, we're in the studio ourselves right now in early parts of October, but yeah. So um, you, you guys got a busy month. That's great. You can get the yeah and out about the album and shit. And it's always fun to do like a Halloween show and oh, absolutely. Vinyls. Man. We did. Yeah. We, we we ran a limited run of a hundred vinyls. Uh, okay. But they, yeah. They, you know they've all the vinyl things have been delayed, but I believe those will be in by the end of October. Nice. So we're running kind of like a, you know, a, a pre-sale or a, you know, like reserve your copy at our album release, but we'll have them in hand, I think on that uh, October 29th. And then uh, we've kind of, you know, after that, it's just, you know, you, you, you go, it's, it's really odd, right. You know, when you have too yeah. many shows, it's kind of you're always in show prep mode and we we've got a bunch of yeah. almost written songs that we you know so we've pumped the oh, brakes yeah. a bit yeah yeah we've got so we've got nothing until i think mid-january and then february again but really looking to yeah you know just see how this goes and 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 like i said you know what, what we'd really love is to just get you know the attention of some label somewhere that's willing to just do like a simple you know hey we'll throw you on the roster we'll help you with distribution we'll help you you know get you know onto certain bills that you otherwise probably wouldn't have been able to and then and then from there it's like you know who knows i would love to just keep doing doing this and, and we've got a lot of songs in this sort of backlog that are oh yeah that are, we're really excited about too and so um you know we're just gonna i think 2023 is gonna be a really big year for us and, and really can't wait awesome well hey guys that sounds really great uh it's great chatting with you so um thanks for having us yeah so again uh people will be able to pick that up off of your band camp at uh, releases october 3rd am i correct on that that's correct, correct. and then uh, hopefully by halloween uh end of the month you should have your vinyls in and uh, i will be posting the show dates there too um so um good luck with everything and we will see you guys soon Awesome. Right. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Chat. Yeah, this has been great. Right.